going to hit record, Dan. All right. I'm sorry, Fred. Did you want to say something before I hit record, or are you okay? Oh, you haven't hit record? I have hit record. Okay. No, don't worry about it. No. Is it private information? Private. Very private. All right. I'd like your parts. I don't want you to hear my privates. You know my buddy, uh, Stinky? Mm Mm-hmm. He had his, uh, his wife has a, um, I guess it's a Range Rover, had a Range Rover. Yes. And uh, it was telling me last night, um, one of the two most stolen vehicles is that, mm-hmm. is that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they had their stolen, and uh, these guys are ingenious. I was thinking of you, Dan, when he was telling me, because the technology that they use is they basically have this device and they, they go to your house and if they get close enough, they can scan your fob signal. They yeah. capture that information. Now they can open your car and they can also drive the car because, you know, most keyless or what do they call it, Dana? Keyless entry area. Yeah, but the fob no longer, ha- the key doesn't need to be engaged in the ignition anymore as long as you have it in proximity. Even a crappy car like mine has that. Mm-hmm. So these guys are so, the technology is so good. I don't know if they're that smart, but the technology is so good that they steal the code. They start the car and they take it. And then there's a, these cars have a, um, like a tracking device. And so he woke up the next day, the car was gone and he could see on his phone. He's got the tracking device that it was a couple blocks away. And what they do is they stop a couple blocks away and they get out and they have the technology to disarm the tracking device. Right. Here's uh, I've heard all kinds of things. See, I've never that. heard I, that I, before. I, I talked about this on the show, and that's why you shouldn't store your uh, fob near the front near door the door. When you come in. You but, should be storing it somewhere else, or in a in a in a thing that has tin foil or something around that prevents the uh, in a tin foil hat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. Some sort of you know RF uh, isolating thing. You know, I've I've heard about that and that people uh, you know those air tags the the and there's uh, there's other versions of the same thing out there that people plant those in their vehicles and luggage i just read yesterday what's too. what's an air tag um just a, a, a tracking it's device like a, i think it's called air tag it's uh, apple uh you know, so you put it on on your device and um or you put it in something and if it goes astray then you can track you it can track it okay <clears throat> well i just thought the technology was pretty wild and it's like uh I mean, it's awful that it happened. The insurance covers it and everything, but they they decide they may not get that same vehicle again because it's so highly jacked, apparently. And I told me, I said, "Listen, I'll sell you my, my uh, 2013 Acura piece of crap." You know, no one's no one's trying to steal that. The um, the joke may be on the thieves, though, because. Lately, I've been sort of dabbling on a new vehicle, and I was looking at those Range Rovers, uh, used, of course. Let somebody else take the depreciation off the lot. That's our policy. And the reviews suck on those vehicles. Just for, like, uh, how space is used, uh, what it costs to service them, their uh, probability of uh, breakdown. It's It was interesting. Hmm. Not very good, those vehicles, as far as, you know lemonade and all that shit goes you know i had uh you may not remember this it was i was at the boom i guess but uh, it was 2010 and i had my house 
broken into, well, broken. They, they walked in the front door. Charlie was asleep on the couch. This is in Oakville. And uh, they took my car keys. They took both our computers, mine and hers. And then they took my car keys to the, I had a BMW at the time. And they couldn't steal the car because it was in the early days of that fob uh technology mm-hmm. but but the thing is it was counterintuitive they tried to start the car but they couldn't figure out how because and you have to basically depress the i've told you this you have to have to press the um break, the brake break. in order yeah. to start the car and as they i said, didn't know that well as i said to the cop i said they took my computer why don't they just google it <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like why don't i just google how to start this series you know three series bmw <laughs> in the midst of the, the hang on a what? second <laughs> That's right. Hey, Let me look up a YouTube on a steel right. car. Me, so they're in front of my house going through a YouTube tutorial. Yeah. <laughs> Using your Wi-Fi. But anyway, I thought of you, Dan, because he was telling me the story. I thought, Dan, this is such a caper, you know. This is such like, you know. It's it's fascinating that they're doing it that way. I When I was I was talking about the luggage, I read a, uh, there's a, an article out there somewhere. A, a guy... Um, I forget what airline it was. They lost his luggage, but he had the air tags in the luggage. So he knew where the luggage was, but the people at the airline wouldn't bother finding it. And they delivered two of the three bags because they took a different flight or whatever. And they (laughs) showed up at his house and they, they delivered the other bag somewhere else. And they said, I can see where it is. Would you please go get it? And they they wouldn't. uh, They're like inside the airport. They could see where it was. No, in the end, well, they lost it and they figured out where, you know, they found the three bags and they delivered two back to the, the people because they took a different flight. Some like got canceled or the, the bags got okay. rerouted or something. So. Have you ever had your uh, luggage stolen, Fred? Or, or luggage uh, lost? Lost? Uh, I don't think so. If I had, it wasn't a big thing. I, I think it's been late, you know, where it's... Yeah, I've had off the plane and then they say they'll deliver it a few hours later which i think happened once in florida but it's never been an issue on uh, tracking devices my son you know likes to dabble and all that kind of stuff and he's developed his own little tracking device system apparently it's really cheap to buy the little thing the air tags the air tags yeah um but as I said to him once, I said, okay, so somebody steals your expensive camera and the thing tells you and it's in some warehouse in mm-hmm. the in the shittiest part of Toronto. Well, you're going to go get it? Yeah, you and your gang. You're going to knock on the door. You and your, hey, you got my camera. Yeah, boom, right. boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, of course you'd get the cops, hopefully, but I don't know what kind of a priority that would be for them. You know, it's like one of those jokes from our childhood. You know, I, somebody, I... So I heard this recently, you know, they, someone said something like, you know, when I was a kid, I thought quicksand was going to be a bigger part of my life than it turned out to be. <laughs> but, I, but I would say the same yeah. thing for lost luggage. Like, I did a lot of traveling there in the mid 80s, like weeks and weeks on airlines on and off and never really had my I mean, I, I had what you had. I've had it delayed to a resort or it come it came later that afternoon but i've never had them completely lose it you just seen from the movies and sitcoms you just think it would be going to be a bigger issue but it's really not no and and you know what it gets back to that whole when you think of you know airlines and travel and all the logistics involved you would expect problems a lot more than we get <laughs> i'd say just the basic logistics like have you ever seen like you know the tra- the pl- just think about that like pearson all those planes and 
all have to leave at a certain time and all have to be designated to runways and all have to be clicking with no problems. How we're not sitting in there a lot more than we do, like sitting idle, is uh, really... Well, no, it's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. a long way. Yes, oh, it has. Yeah. And it, you know, and I forget, who, who's the comic, how we've talked about people bitching about airlines and, you know, you can be in New York and get in this little tube. And oh, it's Louis C.K., yeah. 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 In four hours and people are bitching and complaining about the food. <laughs> like, oh, no, I know. It's like the miracle of flight. You know, I mean, we take it for granted, the fact that we're able to leave the earth and go somewhere else on the earth, but... <laughs> You know, you were born in 1956? Yes. Well, you know, less than the number of years that you've been alive before mm-hmm. you were born, they weren't doing that. <laughs> you know what no, I mean? I know. They yeah. weren't leaving the earth for any reason. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Yes, uh, yes. Starting, to, starting to sound like old guys. What do you mean yeah. starting to? Let's start. Let's, <laughs> I don't know what's... The technology is crazy. When I used to get into the old biplane, they never lost my luggage. Here's Dan Duran, everybody. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from Humble and Fred Studios in Brampton, Toronto, and the western shores of Shibong Lake. And is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, and Health Gauge. And now here are two men that like to share what they think everyone should stop doing and what stuff people should do but couldn't be bothered doing it themselves. It's the Hypocrisy Heroes, Humble and Fred. Wait till you hear, thank you, Dan. Wait till you hear uh, how bleak the spring forecast is. I titled our Facebook feed today, Spring is Cancelled, Sorry. Uh, But a little bit of warmth and sunshine on the show today. She's a very funny comedian from Newfoundland. uh, Newfoundland. And uh, she's on our show today. Lisa Baker is our guest, uh, raised in St. John's, Newfoundland. She won the uh, comic strip's Funniest Person with a Day Job competition in 2016. And she's opened up for such uh, comics as Tom Green, Paul Reiser, Rob Schneider. And uh, she's our guest today. If you want to check her out before... Uh, you can go to her TikTok, and I've got some audio from Lisa. Uh, Dan, can you do this while we're on the show? Because I don't. You've got uh, Kyle Kirby's email in front of you, right? Kyle's our new intern. Yeah. Can you just confirm with him that we're kind of expecting him around, uh, you know, eight fifty this morning? Because I don't think I did. I responded to his his content email, but I didn't say, "Hey, you're confirmed for eight fifty. Would you do that? Yep. Thank you, Daniel. Fred, you uh, want to tell me uh, what you said there before the show? Not the Twitter stuff, well, the uh, the forecast, how gloomy it has become. All that. Yeah, oh, we, I you meant we, the no, we'll Twitter get, stuff. Yeah, we'll get to Twitter. Oh. I said not the Twitter. Let's get to Twitter after. Oh, okay. Let's build up to Twitter. You know, it's going to take uh, some... Just that uh, uh, a Toronto in particular, a record could be set this year, the longest time without hitting 20 degrees. Believe it or not, Toronto... Toronto, the city, has not hit 20 degrees yet. Areas around Toronto, including places like Aurelia and north of here, have hit 20 degrees. There's been a couple of days. But Toronto, just because of the lake, apparently. And, you know, it's funny. They're blaming it on um, Greenland, some blocking pattern from easterly winds coming across the lake, keeping Toronto in particular cool. And uh, 
the forecast again tomorrow a high of four and then relatively cool uh for the foreseeable future the next couple of weeks they're saying this could last into mid-may uh before we get any warmth to speak of which is very discouraging because you know mid-may and then it's june july and it starts getting mm. cool in yeah, august you know yeah. What I'm saying? yeah uh but it's there yeah it's uh, the top story on the weather network this morning Toronto has not hit 20 degrees yet this spring with an all-time record in jeopardy for the lack of warmth. See what is happening here. And then you click on there and you get all bummed out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So if I may review, we had a, the worst, the coldest January that I remember. And I have lived here now 32 winters, coldest January. I remember now we're having maybe not the coldest spring, but not a typical spring where we, you know, get some nicer weather. Last year, don't know if you guys remember last year, March, the last couple of weeks of March, we're out golfing, wearing shorts. And if it wasn't for the evil overlords uh, that shut us down because of this stupid virus, <laughs> what's that? you know, trying to keep us safe. What's that all about? But remember, it was a beautiful spring last year, like incredible. The last two years... The kids have been in the pool the third week of May. In the pool. The last two years. Where were they in so the pool? remember the last two years, it was relatively cool, but then, bang. Yeah. It turned like a, on a like that. Like, like, like d- a, a d- 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 snappy. Turn. Snappy, it snappy. cold to hot. Yeah. That's, maybe, that's maybe May, that'll, though. Hmm? That's May. You're talking May. No, but last, no, yes, yes, no, Dan, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes no dan yes no but yes do you not yes. recall last march before we were shut down for this dumb virus uh it was i played 10 rounds of golf the last week of march first couple weeks of april way earlier than we normally normally uh-huh. the courses in the gta are open sort of about now ish middle of april but it was open way early last year. Yeah, okay. it was really so, helped with it, which helped with our psyche because you know when your freedoms are taken away, like all that, the freedoms are gone. When you're yeah. robbed of your freedoms, yeah. you know at least good weather helps you get through being robbed of your freedom. Well, that's what they call good weather—a freedom fighter. Freedom, yeah. no, <laughs> freedom robbing fighter. Where have our freedoms gone? Goddamn freedoms! Oh, I know. Remember those days cowering in our homes because our freedom had been taken from us? No, I know. We were being squished by the man. Well, oh. that's because of this. Uh, I don't know what they were trying to do. Keep us safe. Whatever. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Dumb. So no. government. Just to help you guys out. Like yeah. right now. Yes, Dan. Seasonally, yeah. it should be our, our daytime high on average is 15 degrees. Okay. No, last- it's not on average. We had this conversation last night. It's the the daytime average for Go ahead. What do you... Wait, you and I had this entire conversation yeah, last we night. We did, and Were I'm you? trying to tell you that the day the, the normals are the maximum is 15 degrees for okay for yesterday uh, for today. Yeah, but the daytime average for the month of April. This is what Dan and I were discussing. Well, we're talking daily here. No, but no one talks. I guess a month. Yeah, the month in the month of April, our average temperatures are 12 degrees. Dan's point is for yesterday, April 25th. The average temperature is 15, mm-hmm. which I, I get, you know, for that that day in April. 
How about you look up for tomorrow when it's going to be four? <laughs> what's the what's the average temperature then? Yeah, it's going to be the same. But uh, last year at uh, from the we had uh, on the seventh of April it was seventeen degrees. Went to twenty, then to tw- nineteen, and then to twenty wow. sixteen, and then back down to the fifteens and elevens and fourteen. Yeah, but not four. If um. I think I made this point last year. Yes, four. On the 21st of last year. It was I, th- I really think we should think long and hard about these weather discussions on a podcast. I think we should think long and hard about everything we do, but then again, then, <laughs> you know what I then, mean? then the show's, not- yeah, then the show starts and then we're like, okay, well, I guess we just talk about very it. few are obsessed as much with the weather yeah, as we but are. You know what? These people are out and about going to work. A lot of yeah. people in offices, eight, ten, nine hours a day, whatever, and they're going, what are these guys talking about? What's it mean to me? Listen, man. If you want to have a discussion. Privi- <clears throat> these privileged these privileged gorks. Yeah. It, talk. That's the biggest priority in their life. It is. Especially if you listen but, if you're but, listening but, but, from Winnipeg. Yeah, but no, if you want to talk about the content on our podcast, we really should rethink everything. <laughs> <clears throat> um what I was going to say too before Dan launched into his no one in the nobody and I had this discussion with Daniel nobody talks about average temperatures for that day they talk about it for the month but the other thing we talked about Fred we had quite a discussion Dan and I I said Dan I've been thinking about I heard this story yesterday about how the I'm not sure if it's just the US but the world has yet to sanction Vladimir Putin's girlfriend whom he has twins and another child with so he has three kids and i don't know where mrs putin is in all of this but i said to dan i I heard that story and i was struck by a few things fred one i guess they're not the point with the the story was they're not sanctioning her or doing it making any moves toward her because they're not sure what that would do like you know putin would go even crazier right world war three so I said to Dan, so I said, oh, I get that point. But the other thing I thought was, how does Vladimir Putin have a girlfriend? <laughs> like, you know, like, what does she talk about with her friends? Yes, I know he's killing everyone and destabilizing the planet, but he has a sweet side. You know, it's like, well, on the weekends, he's just like everyone else. You know, well, I believe she spoke out. Right. And she's, you know, she's totally on board with what's going on. There was uh, even the guy, what's really aggravating, Evan Solomon on the CTV, whatever that show is on Sundays, he uh, interviewed the ambassador um, to Canada from Russia. And this guy towing the party line and everything they're doing is justified. And then they've asked Trudeau, why is that guy still in the country? And uh, Trudeau's response was, we, you know, we don't want to cut off that tie yeah, I read that. To the Soviet Union, it's important to still have some kind of communication with that position, which I which I buy to some level, because, again, the knee-jerk thing is throw him out or kill him or throw him in jail. But, you know, there's certain levels of diplomacy that still have to be maintained. Yeah, and that's what they're doing. As distasteful as that is, but you can sort of understand it. I mean, what I like the other night, though, on that point, is the Leafs are playing Washington and... Uh, Alex Ovechkin loses his balance and smashes under the boards and has to leave the game with a shoulder injury. And I'm like cheering, yeah, Putin's buddy, yeah. I hope he's injured. I hope he doesn't come back for the rest of the season. Mm. That's what's going on in my head. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of fun to watch a game with you. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
Uh, anger. <laughs> it was. It was. It was. No, I wasn't. I, I was. It was. Complete, it was happy anger. Uh, it was exhilaration. It was oh, yeah. joy. Putin's buddy. Well, let me just get back to this. Uh, what I said to Dan is, I feel bad for all the people that don't have girlfriends. They're like, Putin has a girlfriend. I'm not killing anyone. I got no girlfriend. <laughs> It's like, come on. What do I have to do? How does he have a girlfriend and I'm alone? Uh, all right, Dan, uh, Daniel. Yep, I'm you're, uh, Daniel, you're a, Dan, you're a fine girl. What a good wife you would be. Okay. Danny, what's, uh, what are you working on there for the news coming up later? Do you have a story you can... Uh... Well, I'm uh, working a little bit on the Rolling Thunder. Yeah. I'm not sure what that is. What is the that? Rolling Thunder, Ottawa. So I kind of like oh those more on. assholes going to Ottawa right yeah there were there was guys speaking of freedoms like there were did you know Boone put a picture of it up on Twitter yeah we'll talk about Twitter Elon Musk we get it he put a picture on the weekend there was another I guess small like a few hundred people marching on Young Street you know yelling about freedoms and such and I'm like did they not get to did they not see the the news about how we're not wearing masks anymore, and a lot of the mandates have been struck down. What are they? What freedoms are they want now? I don't know. I don't know. They just keep. I think it's a party. They just can't stop. You know, they enjoy each other's <laughs> That's company. right. You know? yeah, but again, same, th- same things in Peterborough. We've got a, a group in Peterborough that does that every uh, couple of weeks. They're showing up in stupid places. But it, but it, it just again, it just supports. You know, the whole Fox News thing. I mean, you know, America's voice for simpletons. How simple do you have to be to not figure that out? I know. Like, look at us. We're just three guys here. It's just so obviously. It's so obviously. It's so obvious that that's just bullshit. What freedoms? That's the question I want answered. Let's get somebody on the show, one of these guys. And again, still with... You know, start at the top with Pierre Polyev, and I, and again, our beautiful uh, friend Tony, who's you know in that camp, and he's supporting him. Let's get him on. What, what are, freedom? What are you talking about? No, we got no freedoms. They're all gone. Like I know, yeah. like you know, like, Freddie. What am I, like I, I feel like an idiot. Like I've lost all my freedom, and I don't even know it. Freedom's like, gone. Free- hey, freedom's <laughs> just another word for nothing left to lose, buddy. <laughs> freedoms are gone. Like it's insulting. Yeah, well, that's what they're talking about on Twitter. We'll make that segue. They're saying, well, now Elon Musk is he's bringing free speech back. And I'm like, I don't know. All the people that were taken off Twitter were taken off because they were they were contravening the rules of engagement. The what do they call that, Dan? Where you when you agree to the terms of uh, terms and conditions, terms and conditions. If you say yes, that means you're buying in and you're agreeing to the terms and condition and the policies of that platform. And uh, for those people that think, oh, what about? But it, it's Twitter is a billion. They literally uh, two point some billion Facebook users, a billion. Instagram users less than a billion Twitter users. It's not the only platform. Anyway, uh, Dan's going to come back. Fred and I are just going to rant for the next uh, half an hour before we get to Lisa Baker on here. Thank you, Dan. Mm-hmm. Hey, Freddie, before we uh, segue into Twitter and what that means, uh, oh, I know what I want to tell you, too. <laughs> you know what? I'm the things that I do love about this show. I know lots of stuff gets us aggravated, but you know some of the things we talk about you know, I it, some of the weird stuff lands with different people. One of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite texts I've ever gotten from my brother Steve yesterday, Edmonton Steve. 
Middle of the day, I look at my phone. Hey, can you send me a link to the poop song, please? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I know. Why not? I'm like, oh, that made me so happy. I'm like, oh, there's my buddy, my, my brother Steven, a grandfather. And uh, his takeaway from the show yesterday, forget everything we said was, can you send me the poop song link? Uh, in the meantime, why don't we talk a little bit about some of the fine people that support this program, you know? I uh, like the retirement shirt. Yes. Uh, Tim Niblett is a uh, portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Tim is your guy. Again, listen. Oh, I, I, I should have asked Dan because I want to ask you, are your taxes all in order? Yes. Deadline is coming up this weekend. You got to make sure your taxes are done. <laughs> you were going to ask. Now. <laughs> you were going to uh, ask uh, Dan that, were you? Oh, yes. that'll be fun. Uh-huh. Because it's very important. Yes. Uh, your taxes. Well, my taxes do your are part, done. Right? Mm-hmm. Do your part. Hey, by the way, speaking of taxes, Elon Musk has paid no taxes. Like Lucky him, eh? Pardon me? Lucky him. Yeah, like, like, but from some filings over the last couple of years, paid zero dollars in, mm-hmm. in personal income tax. But I know, the- but he pays so much in corporate. Fuck off. No, no, no. Pay your but part. I'm saying, how, in situations like that, Howard, is that Elon Musk's fault or the system's fault? Well, it's like what Trump said. Great question, by the way. Trump said that yeah. during the you know uh, campaign. I'm really if that's the system, I'm just really good at you know good at it. Okay, great. But somebody should pay for somebody should pay some taxes. No, I know. Well, they should change the system, and that's another yeah. thing that bothers me because the thing is, we talk about this year after year after year. But when is somebody liberal, conservative, Democrat going to do something about it? Yeah. Well, they don't want to because well, you know because uh, it affects their portfolios. Bingo. Yeah, man. Uh, all right. Continue with the Sherpa. Because he's... Well, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, Tim, uh, you know, Tim has reminded us about the tax uh, deadline coming up and all getting your things in order. And often that is tied to your portfolio. If you have a portfolio, you want somebody to have a second look at it. Very tumultuous times right now mm-hmm. uh, with portfolios. Uh if you want somebody to have a second look at it and give their opinion, uh, for better or for worse, and uh, no obligations, no strings attached, Tim will do it. Uh, you can contact him at retirementsherpa.ca. You know, a lot of uh, talk on this show uh, about the Health Gauge Phoenix. Yeah, from time to time, we talk about these watches. If you're watching the streaming, there it is. Very handsome watch. And, uh, of course, it's not just good looking. It does good things for you to keep your system going. Uh, the company sees HealthGage as a major disruptor in the traditional healthcare industry. And uh, you know what did they do? By now, you probably know that it takes care of a lot of real-time data measuring all kinds of health-related uh, issues, you know, heart rate and blood pressure and such. But I can tell you, you know, one of the things I do like about this company, Fred and I had a great talk with Tim Daniels yesterday. The guy's super smart. He's knowledgeable. But one of the first things in the meeting I brought up, there was uh, one of our listeners who reached out to us and has been having some issues. And uh, we said, hey, Timmy, listen, can we take care of this? Can you help us? I got a note this morning from Tim, and the company is going to uh, issue a refund or replace the watch. The point is, this is a company that wants to make sure that customer service is a priority. And it's a new company, but they're doing great things. There's great things coming in the world of Health Gauge. In the meantime, if you want to get the watch and monitor your health daily uh, through from the comfort of your own wrist, go to HealthGauge.com. Humble Fred HD gets you 15% off at checkout. Humble Fred HD for 15% off at checkout, Fred. HealthGauge.com. And uh, yeah, it was a, I thought it was an interesting conversation with Tim. Yeah, uh, There's a guy with some, you know, talking about global perspective. 
You know, he's, yeah. he's worked all over the world. He's, you know, managed uh, huge funds and, and worked in industry and just uh, interesting to hear what, you know, what the real, what's going on in the real world behind the scenes. And anyway, on top of all that, he's physically fit and runs for a straight hour every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he is. I, you know, having seen him in person last fall, you know, he's definitely a, has a different level of fitness than we do. He's oh, I'd say. 62 year old guy who can just me in particular. Mm-hmm. Well, no, me too. I mean, he's like, I'm in okay shape, but you know, there's a guy like, it's fun. You know, I've been working out pretty regularly now for four months and I mean, regularly like two or three times a week. That's it. Not hard either. But that guy, that guy is one of those people like years of it every goddamn day doing something like that's relentless. Every so often you get a bit of a jolt to realize what shape you're in. So uh, Johnny Slapshot comes over on Sunday and they puppet you want to throw the ball. He loves throwing the baseball back and forth. So we're out on the the park here and I'm throwing him these pop flies. And then all of a sudden, my it's like my f- shoulder froze. And so I had to start throwing the ball underhand. <laughs> I just couldn't control. It was crazy. Meanwhile, he's rearing back and. He's got this little sort of whip action when he throws, and it hits my glove hard, right? Oh, nice. So the thing is, I said to him, let's start throwing the ball, just not right at each other, just away from each other, so we have to run and catch it. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) I caught a few, but the next day, like yesterday, I felt that, just extending myself a little bit to catch a baseball for an hour. That's hilarious. But I could still do it. Like, I did it. A lot of, you know, grandpas couldn't do that with their kids. I, I did it. I paid for it, but... It seems like all the grandpas on TV can do stuff like that. But in real life, you know, you're right. It's not every It's not every grandpa. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> isn't that funny that he's... Uh, is he 10 now? Nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which one? Nine? Or is he going to turn 10 this he's year? He's nine. He'll be 10 in December. Yeah. yeah. You know, I I, I don't want to get bogged down in grandkids, but I do remember the day you came around the desk. I, I th- did you come? Yeah, you came around. You said, I want to tell you I'm having a grandkid. And we had like a little hug and and I was so happy for you. And uh, now he's like, what's weird is Danny, your son and your daughter. I've known them since they were younger than your grandkids. Yeah. Crazy. Eh? I'd say. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, well, let's talk about the freedoms. What do you want to talk about to Twitter? How that's going to, what, how is, is that going to wreck more of our freedoms? Oh no. Apparently this is a great day for freedom. As Joe Warmington wrote in the Toronto sun yesterday, I just don't understand it because if you're gateway to the world, if your access to freedom of speech and freedom in general is having a Twitter account or a Facebook account, Facebook account, well, that's a pretty sad situation to be in. I mean, Mm -hmm. just think about that. I mean, most of the world doesn't have those accounts, like by far. No, exactly. And and what? And I I, it gets back to that. What does Twitter owe owe anyone? So Elon Musk, he takes control yesterday, I guess, and you know he's talking about uh, you know allowing freedom of speech back on the platform and people aren't going to be censored and all this and it's like oh, great you own it now you can make those decisions the guys that owned twitter before made their own decisions 
but that's great. So open it up now. So it's it's open to misinformation and racists and rotten guys again. Yeah. Fantastic. It, Super. But it's not really. And not that you're not mostly right, but it, it can be open to all those things. But I have to choose. Yes. What I want to see. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to see Donald Trump anymore, although, you know, that's a sidebar. I'm not sure. Like his first reaction was, you know, I'm not going to come back. Well, whatever. But yeah, if you don't, for those people who are worried about what you just said, disinformation, racism, whatever, anti-Semitism, which we might get to. Right. Um, you don't have to follow those. Like my Twitter, like what, what's interesting to me about it is my version of Twitter. I know you're not on it, but my version of Twitter looks very different than say yours would. There'd be some similarities in some sports, but I have a very specific stream of information that I choose. I really don't choose a lot of, right. you know, I, I'm not looking at a lot of stuff that is, is, in, is going to trigger me. I, I look at golf, goofy golf stuff that I like and the sport of golf. I follow some stand-ups and some news. But if Donald Trump comes back, I just want to finish by saying this. I won't be following him. Right. He says he's not coming back. Well, I know I said that. As he's, you say. He, he says, as you say, he but says he he's not coming back. So, But again, when can you ever believe him? But I, I it just boggles my mind that just the whole idea like Ezra Levant that skunk creep shithead on Fox last night like Theron Fleury and Warmington and all these guys go on Fox News and they diss their own country because they can spew their nonsense to that simpleton crowd without having to really explain themselves because they're encouraged by the evil bastards that host those shows I, I, I just don't understand the issue really at all because if you don't like it, don't go on it. Or if you don't like it, do what you do and stream your, you know, organize your your feed to what you want it to be. But it doesn't take away from the fact that, and you said it earlier, a lot of the people that were so-called censored or taken off were spreading misinformation. It's got nothing to do with free speech. Misinformation is not free speech. It, it's dangerous. And and just to put a, a point on what I said, this isn't this isn't the Charter of Rights and Freedoms or the Constitution. As I said when Dan was on, you you when you opt in to the terms and conditions of the platform, mm-hmm. and if you can't, you know, which is you know hate speech, disinformation about COVID, etc., 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 and if you can't abide by those simple rules, then you don't get free speech. Because honestly, and that's really the the, yeah. the the pivotal thing for me that speech isn't free it's curated by the company that owns this platform now right. it'll be the as he was described by a few people the man child by the way did he mm-hmm. i saw some pictures yesterday maybe you knew this that he what? went to queen's university musk did i see a picture of him at queen's i don't know anyway it doesn't matter the point is and, and i think you're making it i'm making it it, not we if you, you you have the freedom to say what you want as long as it's not uh doesn't go against the rules and conditions of the platform yeah and 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 it, there's this glee from the far right yesterday that oh you know we got twitter back and yeah, uh it's fantastic and uh you know it's a good one for elon he's giving us our freedoms back and 
it, to me, it's just all so freaking de- bizarre. Mm-hmm. It, it, great. He owns this thing called Twitter now. He can do whatever he wants with it, whatever he wants with it. Now it's all up to us whether we want to buy in or be part of it. Freedom. Now, what you just said, though, is the thing that's so bizarre is that all the, the right, the right in the States, and I guess in Canada, too, is seeing this as a, some victory for over the tyranny, the tyranny of the rules and regulations of the fucking platform. And by the way, he did. He moved from South Africa to Canada and went to Queen's University in Kings at age 17. Uh-huh. Right. And I think it's fantastic that he could spend forty four billion dollars on Twitter. Fantastic. He's got all that money. He's earned it. Say what you want about it, how he got it or whatever. He did that. And in in this free society, free country, he was free to buy Twitter. And he did. And now he's free to do whatever he wants with it. Super. Mm-hmm. And now we're all free to react to it any way we want to. But, you know, it, it always gets back to this, too, you know. Decent society survives by keeping the indecent in check. And that's all this is. It's it's just like, you know, the so-called freedom rally. It's, yeah, the Emergencies Act was brought in because sometimes these indecent evil bastards need to be kept in check. And sometimes you have to take measures that, you know, they aren't. Uh, they're, they're not ideal. There's not there. You don't want to see measures like that have to be taken. But sometimes they ha- they do Listen. because because not everybody is decent. Yeah. Well, I said this a while ago. We were talking about social media and I said that the media part of the social media sometimes gets forgotten because having been in you know, old media and, you know, radio and television and some newspapers, but we've been around the, the older style where, you know, you and I several times in our career were uh, chastised, were taken up the broadcast standards council of Canada had written us up and, and all, all we're saying is in the world of social media, at least I am, it's the same. Why are the they, they have rules the same way that you can't go on our radio show back, you know, 15 years ago and say, and say the things Donald Trump was saying about people and health issues and race and, and on and on. You couldn't do that on traditional media. Why would you expect it to be any different in a social media platform? In fact, it should be more restrictive because you're now allowing billions of people to voice their mm-hmm. potentially hateful speech right well listen listen the whole freedom thing like i know people personally that have on twitter continue on twitter to spread misinformation about the virus and vaccines and the rally and all that nobody's shutting them down Again, moves were made by Twitter because people in power that get a lot of attention were spreading misinformation, and it was their responsibility to curb that, control that, because it's dangerous. But Joe Dickhead, day-to-day, is still, like, it. listen, the guy that we know that we're associated with, he still does it. Richard Surratt still retweets misinformation. He's free to do it. Yeah. Ezra Levant still does it, f- free to do it. But, you know, and and we again, I don't want to get too dark down the Republican weed hole, but, Mm. you know, nobody that was jubilant, you know, Fox News, I went on and they're all excited about the return to free speech and just as you. But it's all just headlines and it's all just triggers and it's all just little bits of information designed 
not to be looked at too closely because I mean, listen, we're un- we're unpacking it now. Look at us, we're doing some unpacking. But you know what I mean? Like we're talking about it now at a at a depth, and it's not even that deep. That most of the shitheads that are like yeah, for convoys and freedom, they're not really exploring it at a very deep level. They just go, no. uh, our our great leader had his Twitter account suspended. Well, what should that tell you about him? And that and it's another thing. How do you get to simpletons? You throw out the freedom thing. Yep. And you throw out racist dog whistles, and you've got them. You've you've hooked them. Yeah, man, I gotta. And that's like, I I just it's like yesterday. I'm sitting around thinking, what am I missing here? Why is this such a big thing? Like, it's just a th- it's Twitter. The guy owns the company now, and he can do whatever he wants with it. It's like I, I great, fantastic. Now it's up to me. Mm-hmm. I uh, speaking of. Uh, racism i just found a, t- a tweet yesterday i'm like oh i gotta show that to freddie and i'll find it for you hopefully uh um before the end of the show anyway yeah it's you know it's i don't know what it's going to do it's certainly a huge story i mean we're living in the time and i, I brought this up last week too i said oh you know we're he's worth 240 mm-hmm. billion and uh you know it wasn't that long ago there weren't that many people worth a billion and I just saw something, and as I was looking up his mm-hmm. college um, mm-hmm. college thing, that he, there one of the things was: is he going to be the first trillionaire? And, a, and in the article, I just quickly said it: he could be a, a trillionaire by twenty twenty four. I don't know how. Some stock. I don't understand it for him. But but it's it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's a great day. Now all the skunks and creeps and basement cowards, you know, who tweet behind, uh, you know, they create little names and little, uh, you know, little organizations they make up in their head and they tweet their their shit out there. And hey, it's a great day for them. <laughs> no, I know. It's a like, super, super day for you. You know, one thing they did talk about, which was interesting. Because the left, the Democrats, uh, uh, whoever owned Twitter before, whatever his name was, or who was controlling it. Yes. Um, you know, as far as throttling information. So, listen, if they're Democrats, so during the election, they throttle back anything encouraging or positive about the Republicans, and they allow the other side out. Well, yesterday, a lot of people on the left are screaming, what's going to happen now? Uh, coming into 2024, they're going to throttle uh uh, the Democratic uh, news and anything positive about Joe Biden and his administration, and they'll allow a lot of the Republican stuff to go forward now because they can control the stream. And but even through that, you know what? You're right. You're right. Maybe that did happen. Maybe that is going to happen. But again, any free thinking person who wants to take the time to consider the consequences is free to choose whether they use that as their source of information. Mm-hmm. Don't we know enough now that well, it's just foolish? Most of it's full of shit. So stay away from it. Well, we do and we don't. You know, again, not that many people are having, you know, this many you know minutes of in-depth Twitter conversation. Most people are like, oh, OK, that's great. Now, by the way, the guy that owned it or owns, still probably owns. I, I don't know how that worked. Like he had 10 percent of a Jack Dorsey, the, the guy that founded Twitter. Right. Um, yes. I'll tell you what, let's take a little breather because this, you know, we got hours uh, ahead of us. I'm sure we'll be talking about Twitter. But now, my friend, uh, I think it's important that we, oh no, let me get something uh, from here. That we take a a few minutes with our our guest today, our Gig Sky guest of the day. And uh, 
I'm going to get some music from uh, a fellow uh, Newfoundlander just to get her ready, make sure Lisa Baker is comfortable. But again, even Ezra Levant, I saw a bit of it last night on with Laura Ingraham, just a lovely person. Lovely yeah, the beautiful. Woman, that Laura. Yeah. But again, dissing his country on that puke network, it just drives me crazy. Ezra. Well, you know what? Yeah, the thing about, here's the, the, my relationship with Ezra, Ezra Levant is no, occupies no part of me. Right. I never see him. I wouldn't. I mean, I know who he is only through you. Rose, uh, you know, again, protecting yeah, yeah. our freedoms. Well, I'm free- all our freedoms are gone. I'll tell you what we are, though. We are free to have a conversation with this lovely human being. Our Gig Sky guest of the day is Lisa Baker. We'll uh, get her uh, on in a second. Let me tell you about Gig Sky. Lisa, can you hear us okay? Okay, yeah. Look at you. Well, just hold on for about 30 more seconds. If you're thinking about getting away, you deserve a peace of mind when you travel. So surf like a local with tap of a button. Gig Sky offers a 100% data plan, whether you're using Twitter, Instagram. I mean, if you are going to use Twitter now, now that it's been taken over, uh, you can uh, use it all. I uh, talk about, uh, you know, travel rewards. Yes, they're there. 50% cash back and over 850,000 hotels globally. And uh, so much more. Go to gigsky.com slash travel rewards and find out more. And, of course, as always, we encourage you to download the GigSky app today and enter the code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan or visit gigsky.com for more details. Now, Fred. Yes. You may not be familiar with our guest's work and... Uh, I wasn't uh, entirely, but I've got a little uh, taste of some of the uh, some of the comedy of our new friend Lisa uh, Baker. And uh, Lisa, just hang on one second. Here's a little taste of the kind of things that Lisa talks about. Here we go. Staying with your parents when you're an adult is a trip. I don't know how these young ones are getting away with stuff nowadays because my parents got a doorbell camp. They knows when I comes home. They're like, hola, Lisa never got home till late last night or, you know, there goes Lisa Love right on schedule. One o'clock in the morning, order and skip the dishes. High off her arse again, I suppose. <laughs> it's wild. Tonight I was getting ready to go out and I said, they were like, you're going to stay for supper? I said, no. Going out with a friend, comes upstairs. They're like, buy your athlete dressed up for just going out with a friend. What are you getting up to? I'm 44 years old. I pay taxes. But it's just like I'm 16 again. Anyway, anybody know how to bypass those fucking doorbell cameras? <laughs> Welcome to uh, our program, Lisa Baker. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? God damn it. You know, I, I worked with uh, Kim Stockwood for about a year. And through her, I met a lot of uh, Newfoundlanders. Uh, oh, gosh. And uh, I got to tell you. Being from Saskatchewan, I was like so jealous of how come everyone in Canada loves Newfoundland? You know, it's just everyone I've ever met from Newfoundland is just the sweetest people. Are you oh, tired well, of that? St- that perception. I was going to say, are you tired of that stereotype? Well, no, no, I'm not because we are we are nice people. Uh, but I tell you, being a <laughs> being a woman in Canadian comedy that'll uh, that'll cure you of that. Yeah, uh, real quick. Um, but yeah, no, we, I mean, we are, you know, I'm touring Newfoundland right now. Um, I'm actually in, uh, Stephenville. So yeah, it's, uh, everywhere we go, people are lovely. 
they're just lovely. And we're and we brought uh, an Albertan with us, a mainlander, Brittany Lysing. So she's here, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, she's just astounded at how great people are. I mean, she doesn't always know what you're saying, but you know, it sounds like <laughs> they're being <true>. nice. <laughs> So <clears throat> you're in Newfoundland right now touring. Does your sort of, uh, can I say, uh, Newfie humor? Like, do you poke fun at Newfoundlanders? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, well, because I've been living out west for nine years. So, of course, coming from Newfoundland and moving out out there was a, you know, it was quite an experience, right? Bit of a culture shock. So, you know, you talk a lot about that sort of like uh, fish out of water, pardon the pun. Um mm-hmm you know, sort of, you know, that kind of humor. And then when I come back to Newfoundland, you know, it's just a lot of comparing just the way of life there and the way of life here uh, and the way we are. But yeah, I definitely, you know, I definitely do that. Um, it's not, I'm not, it's not everything I do. I try to uh, be take, like I try to be seen as a comedian who happens to be Newfoundland as mm-hmm. opposed to a Newfoundland comedian, which <clears throat> is a difference. Um, well, people do enjoy that. They enjoy that whole the comparison thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was the question I was going to ask. Is so, if you have that material, does it play the same way in Newfoundland that it does in Alberta? But you twist it a bit, so that explains well, it. It's it's funny because Albertans will laugh. Well, anyone outside of Newfoundland will laugh at a different part of the joke than what Newfoundlanders will laugh at. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that I found that funny. Like when I would get here, and I was like, "Oh, they're laughing at a different part." <laughs> <laughs> Now, it's funny because I'm from out west. You're living in Alberta. I lived in Calgary. I'm from Moose Jaw originally. And uh, now that I've been living in Toronto, and I've told this story on the show a bunch of times, when I go back home, you know, go to Alberta, I go to Saskatchewan, and the, right away, like, they, it's like, where are you from? And I'll say, well, I'm, I'm living in Toronto. And, and there's a bit of a stink about Toronto. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? And then I have to say, but I'm originally from Moose Jaw. And then they light up. They're like, oh, okay, you're all right. They even start speaking slower. But uh, do do Newfoundlanders react differently to you now that you've left and you're living on the mainland? Uh, yes. Well, sort of. Um I mean, I'm welcomed here, you know, and I, I do have a lot of um, I do have a, a lot of followers in Newfoundland. Um, I'm, I'm it's like this. This has been a weird experience because I've been coming back for years to tour. But since the TikTok thing blew up um, now, everywhere I go, mm-hmm. like people like people know who I am now, which is really weird for me. Um, but they're still lovely. I do get most of the hate I get online is actually from Newfoundlanders. Uh, there's, there's <laughs> some, yeah. There are some when you, cause when people talk about Newfoundlanders are the nicest people, I'm like, yeah, until you put them on the wheel of a car or a keyboard. Um, they, some people get really upset. They feel like I'm making a mockery in Newfoundland, um, which I'm not, I'm just existing. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. If, if my, my life and the way I speak is making a mockery, you know, then I really can't do much about that. Well, Lisa, but, talk um, about TikTok. No. <laughs> I was going to say, talk a little bit about TikTok. Cause I was playing that audio it came from your TikTok. When you say it's blown up, like uh-huh. how long have you been on it? What kind of followers and, and have you seen, like you say, you're getting some people at your shows that are like, Oh, I, I love you on uh, online. Yeah, so I start. I joined TikTok in January of 2021. Um, originally, I didn't post videos. I just um, would, you know, watch. And then at the end of January, I posted my first video. Uh, March, I put up a video that kind of went viral, and then then it just kind of spiraled out of it, like just insane out of there. Uh, more videos, and then they just kept going. And then so I had in March of 2021, I had uh, 300 and some followers. 
by March of 2022, I had over 300,000. Wow. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, it just kind of went from there. And then, but in July of 2021 was when we were allowed to come back into the East Coast. And so without having to quarantine if we were vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So I just started booking tours. I quit my day job at that point, finally. Um, and now I've been literally coast to coast. I'm doing this tour now. I go back and I start on the West Coast and go right across again. I'll be home by the end of August. Good for you. Um Yes, like just and I, I can took complete control of my own career. I book my own venues. I get door deals. I uh, I released two albums uh, in eight months during the pandemic. Uh, just kind of, I've released a whole line of merch. Like it's been insane. Like my life completely just did like a 180 and it's it's been amazing but definitely taking control of my own career has been uh has been quite a learning experience eye-opening definitely for the best uh, i literally quit um yuck yucks yesterday oh did you yeah. interesting yeah i've been with them for 13 years yeah and never rocked the boat never asked for anything crazy and then tried to renegotiate some stuff and we couldn't get anywhere with it so i just said it's time Bye. <laughs> well, what will that mean to you? Absolutely like not. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I pause because here's the thing. I, you know, I've been a Yuck Yucks comic off and on for a very long time. I just came back about five or six years ago. And I, I'm just, here's the thing I, I admire about you because when I was younger and I was a Yuck Yucks comic, I lived in the States. So I only did Yuck Yucks occasionally in Canada. What you said about taking control of your own career, I would tell you from being a, a much older person. That's the the best thing you can do. Because here's the thing. And Mark would tell you this. Yuck Yucks isn't there to be your only source of support and income. And it's people like you and other people, Ron James, and, you know, we could name a bunch of people, uh, Derek Edwards, that were part of the Yuck Yuck system and went and used it for what it was, which is to get you some stage time and get you going. And then someone like you comes along and goes, okay, I don't need that system anymore. I'll book my own stuff. Ultimately... As you said about being in charge of your own career, that's the best for your career. And the first guy that would congratulate you would be Mark Breslin. Well, because the thing is, like for you know, for a long time in the industry, the only way to um, get a following was to work the clubs. Exactly. But you know, technology has evolved to the point where comedians don't need the clubs to get a following. We need the clubs to get good. Um, so. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for every minute I was on stage, for every opportunity that's ever been given to me. But at some point you're going to out, you know, the goal is to outgrow that. Right. And um, I'm at that point now where I feel like it, it happened very quickly. And I was still, I mean, even quitting my day job, I was terrified, even, you know, leaving uh, the Ux roster. I was, I was nervous, but you know, I, I, the proof is in the pudding. So I look back at the last year and what I've earned and what I've built, and I'm, I'm confident that I can keep that going. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me ask this question for those who maybe don't understand, because I don't. Why can't you, <clears throat> excuse me, why can't you do both? Like, what, quitting well, yuck yucks, why is that such a declaration? Like, why, why can't so, you do both? Because there's, um, we signed a contract that states that we can't uh, work for competitors, which mm-hmm. technically oh. 
no judge will ever that'll never hold up in court because they don't give us enough work to be able to do that. Western Canadian comics, if you're in Toronto and you're a Yucks comic, things are a lot better uh, on one hand. On the other hand, not so much. Um, in Western Canada, we can kind of get away with a lot more stuff. So we can book our own things and nobody asks us for money. However, if we're um, like if, when I go through Toronto or Ontario next time, if I'm in cities where there's a Yucks club and I'm not using that club, they're going to want a cut of what I make. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I'm not comfortable giving that. I've been asked actually by the previous, uh, the previous Western Canadian agent. Uh, I have emails where she's like, well, so you have to give me some of that money. And I was like, yeah, 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 it's coming. Meanwhile, I'm thinking, you know what? You can wish in one hand and shit in the other. And, <laughs> Good for you. and you know, my mom, my mom has raised, my, never raised any fools. And I always say if she did, it was, one of the other ones, but it wasn't me. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> right? I'm not giving you my money. And, and like, I, my story is kind of crazy. I mean, my daughter, my youngest child is 20. My oldest is 24. So wow. 20. So, you know, 15 years ago, I was a single mom on welfare in Newfoundland living in government housing. You want to take my money? Good luck. Good <laughs> luck. Like, I've reached a point in my life where I can pump gas without giving a shit what that pump says. Mm-hmm. So if you think you're going to take a dime from me, oh, I'm going to fight you. Like, mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to fight you. Well, that's a remarkable story. It really is. And you have like two grown children. I mean, yes. and you've done this all on your own and made a success of it. I mean, that's not easy. No, but it also, I think, speaks to, you know, the fact of me being uh, stubborn and stupid because for, you know, it, I've been doing this for 16 years before any of this even happened. I had the debaters credits. I had a JFL Northwest credit. I had CBC LOL and and other festivals and I was doing all kinds of stuff. And, um, but you just kind of feel like you're always spinning your wheels, you know, like you're really not getting anywhere. And then finally now I feel like I'm getting somewhere, but that might not have happened. You know what I mean? But I still just like stubbornly stuck it out. And, um, I mean, I don't know if that says that I'm, you know, um, just determined or crazy but i mean now it doesn't really matter you know because it's it's actually working out (laughs) well i I was gonna say i think a lot of things are in your favor one is you came to it later you uh you had to it wasn't like you were like i think when i'll do this maybe i'll try stand-up uh you know a lot of people try it they go well you know it's a little it's a fun little gig and you know instead of going to college you're going to go to yuck yucks on amateur night and a few people get through but what you did differently and again i admire it so much because you know, I, I was taught this being in a sort of living in America. One of the first things I learned was part of the business part of show business is to get more business. When you're a Yuck Yucks comic back in the in those days, the only business you had to do was get business from Yuck Yucks. And a lot of people didn't learn the skill that you've learned, which is how to do your own producing whatever that is and now you're producing videos and you're producing your own content and shows um but let me, let's talk about a little bit about your origin story. What was the impetus besides being funny and from Newfoundland? Uh, what uh, was the impetus for your first times on stage? Did you just, your friends say, oh, Lisa, you got to try it? Or did you always want to do it? Was your fantasy to do it? So this will tell, well, I always wanted to do it, but here's, this will tell you how long ago I, there was an ad in the actual newspaper. Um, this guy put it like, you remember newspapers? Like, oh, there yes. was an actual ad. In the newspaper, this guy was looking for comedians and it was kind of a vague ad, but I gave him a call and then I got to talking to him. And what happened was he was um, 
he was on EI and he was trying to, there was a government program where if you were trying to start a business, they would help you. So he wanted to start a business. Now at the time I was so green and so just ignorant to anything in the business. I didn't realize that he was trying to start a booking agency is what he was trying to start. And so what he did was he had set up like basically a bunch of shows throughout um, St. John's and area, like um, sort of like a booked open mic. And it was basically just kind of trying to get us um, stage time and, um, you know, be able to add that material and whatnot. And so I went out and I started doing that. And it seemed to come to me very, like I was very comfortable on stage and being funny was very natural. And then, I mean, in Newfoundland at the time, there was no comedy clubs. There was nothing. And then eventually Yuck Yucks opened. Uh, Bill McIntosh was the manager of the club. And I went in there and I think it was like my third time on stage. I placed third in the, you know, the when the Yucks used to do the laugh off. Yeah, yeah. So it was a local laugh off. And then they immediately signed me and I started working um, middling. And then Bill Mack was like, you're really funny, kind of off the cuff. I think you should host. So then I hosted for Yucks for a very long time. But I was very lucky because I was so eager to learn that every time a headliner would come through, I would want to like, give me advice, tell me what I should do. And then Bill was mentoring me. So I kind of figured out all that stuff that people had to learn sort of through trial and error very quickly because it was, I was getting critiqued. I was getting that feedback and, uh, and I'm very grateful for that. And I'm grateful for the fact that even though the clubs were saying she needs to headline head office was like, no, we're going to keep hosting her. And so hosted for eight years, which by the time when I became a headliner, I was very confident and comfortable on stage. Mm -hmm. So I think actually worked to my advantage in the long run. You know, it's funny that you did that. Uh, early on in my career, I had the same thing. I'd come from radio and I went back. I got into stand up and, and a lot of people at that time didn't want to host. And I mm -hmm. thought, well, wait a second, if I host, I can work all the time because I was middling yes. and then eventually I got to headline. But I, if you host, which is funny, most comics don't want to do it. Part of it is because it's kind of like they, you don't, they don't think you get to do your act. But what you figured out, and I did as well, you just get to be on stage all the time. And yeah. you get to try stuff out all the time. And you get to build material. Um, but So once you started headlining, though, which is, I guess, only, what, five or six years ago now? Yeah, like, yeah, about five years ago. And as you say, you were ready. Did you? Is that when you moved to Alberta? And then secondly, why did you move, no. to, why did you move to Alberta, Lisa Baker? I moved to Alberta nine years ago because I was uh, I was in a relationship and the relationship ended very badly. And um, as they do, as they yeah, this one was epic. Uh, and I, <laughs> I ran away, you know, so I was just like, I just need to get as far away from this as possible. But also, too, because at that point I had come off welfare. We had bought a house and. I knew I couldn't go back to being that poor again. And so as a single parent, I thought the only way would be to go somewhere where there was some opportunity. And that's what I did. And I worked in the trades for a little bit. I worked in finance. I always had a day job. And it was, I mean, once the pandemic hit, I was super grateful to have that day job. But um, there was a part of me that, and it's a Newfoundland thing, like quitting your job, like that's, that's insane, right? So that was part of uh, that kind of stopped me for a long time, you know, having kids and making sure I had that steady income. It made it challenging to be able to work as much as I wanted to. But like you said, as a host, I was working every weekend. Mm -hmm. So I was traveling. I was doing whatever. But then uh, and then I quit the job. But yeah, they, they started headlining me about five years ago. Um, so I'd been in Alberta for a bit at that point. But 
coming from Newfoundland to Alberta, like you think you're good in Newfoundland and then you go to Alberta and you're like, Jesus, like the talent out in Edmonton yeah. alone is yeah. like people don't even realize. And of course, well. you're getting road work out in the middle of like these little towns in the middle of nowhere. So you're becoming a better comic all the time. And I grew very quickly in Alberta. But that was the thing. Like it, to me, it was like, oh, shit, this is a challenge now. I need to I need to step up my game and really work hard here. You, and then that's what I did, right? You made reference a couple of minutes ago about being a female comic in Canada. I got the impression that that is tough. Why? <laughs> I when I started this tour, other back than in, the obvious, uh, <laughs> yeah. When well, when I started this tour back in July, I think it was I got I got to about October, and I started texting. My album producers, my buddies like Sean LaComber, uh, William Hannigan, Jim Kerr, they're my album producers. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another, a couple other comics um, and male friends of mine and just said, thank you uh, for being always being so nice and treating me like an equal. And every one of them was like, there's a story behind this. Text <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I, I, there was a lot of... If you're a man and you have a backbone and you and you you set boundaries and you lay out, you know, this is the conditions kind of thing. These are the conditions that I, I, I need. People respect you for that. But when you're a woman and you do it, you're a cunt. And um, <laughs> and I'm and I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. at the end of right. the day, um, you know, being that way is paying my bills. Right. And, I, and I'm not unreasonable. I'm really not like I'm not a diva. Yeah, I was on a I was on a set a couple of weeks ago. I was filming this new series in Newfoundland, and the crew were packing up. And I was like, "Oh, let me help you with that." And they're like, "That's not your job. You're yeah. the actor. Like, what do you go away? Like, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not a fancy person. So, like, it's not like I'm, you know, I need M and M's. I'm the great, you know, it's none of that. <laughs> it's stuff like trying to negotiate contracts or trying to um, explain to them, like, you are one stop on a tour of forty or fifty shows." Um, the show was already sold out. I don't know how much harder you want me to promote your venue. Mm-hmm. Um, so like just stuff like that, people just expecting more out of me than I could give at the time. But also the fact too, that it was actually said to me, um, one club in particular, I had said, you know, what? I'll even say it, it was Halifax Yuck Yucks. And at the point um, I was doing all the yucks through uh, in Alberta, I did Calgary and Edmonton, lovely, lovely people. Um, I, emailed head office in Ontario. They they were like, yes, 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 we want you to work the club. Um, they were helping with door deals and stuff. And then I approached Yux Halifax and I was told no. And I said, okay. And I knew, he goes, we can't give you a door deal. And I said, okay, now. And Lisa, just explain, just quick, a- explain for uh, people who don't, the difference between a door deal and just getting hired by the club. Oh, so, uh, you know, most times we get a flat rate when yes. a club works us, you know, a couple of hundred a show or whatever. But a door deal means that I get either all of the ticket sales or a percentage. Yes. And that's how I was operating. And then Yucks Halifax, I knew because they were like, no, we can't give you the door deal. And I'm going, you know, I got a buddy of mine that you that comes there and does your club uh, as a big a part of their huge cross Canada tour. And I know there's no fucking way on God's greener that they're taking that couple of hundred dollars a show. Like, fuck, don't don't lie to me. I'm not I'm, I'm a lot of things, but stupid isn't one of them. So I went back and I and I just. I just made mention. I said, oh, okay, I was just thinking maybe you could because I'm a rostered comedian. I'm actually, because these guys aren't rostered. I'm yeah. like, I'm actually one of your one of your comics. He goes, well, um, they've basically, what he said was, um, uh, 
they've like basically proven their ability and I have not. And I'm thinking, okay, but if I prove my ability any harder, your club's too small for me. Yeah. Because I sold out two shows in Dartmouth. And the best part was the manager of that Yox is also an agent for Nova Scotia and PEI. And he booked himself a, a Sydney gig the same night I was in Sydney. And I sold 200 and some odd tickets and I can fucking bet my life he didn't. And <laughs> that was the biggest moment of my career was Great. just knowing that I outsold him. Well, I, I love so, I love hearing you talk like this because, I, you know, I've said this for years that one of the things that the Canadian system doesn't do for Canadians. And there's a lot of things it does, but I know a lot of the people in the, you know, the Toronto and the, the Canadian stand-up association, maybe they wouldn't want to hear this, but what you're doing has a real American feel to it because a lot of Americans that I met in my early years took control of their own careers. They weren't just because you had to, there wasn't just a chain at the time when I started doing stand up, Lisa, you could do yuck yucks from Victoria to Halifax. There were 16 weeks of work. So really think about it. All you had to do was do that a couple times a year and you could sort of pay enough bills and then throw in some one nighters. But you're it's you're unique yeah. for a lot of reasons. But I, can, I, I admire you greatly for the fact that you've decided that this is the way you're going to do it and fuck everybody else. But in a nice 100%. way and like and- What's that? In a nice way. And well, I imagine because my thing is, is like, I'm not gonna. Um, I'm just. I'm like my thing is, is like, okay, no, move on. Okay, yes, all right, let's work together. Like yeah. that's my thing, and and so I'm. I'm always like, what's next? What's next? What's what's next? And um, you know, if because part of me too, like when when you know when a club like that says, you know, no, we don't want. I'm like, you could have just told me you didn't like money. Why didn't you, you could have just opened with that. Mm-hmm, it would have saved us all this trouble. Freddie, what yeah. were you going to say? I don't like say? money. No, I, I, I was going to say a, a dimension to this, too. And I think, uh, you know, we've experienced through this podcasting thing is a lot of people have the best intentions, too. But when you do it the way you do it, I mean, there's a whole business side to it. And that's not necessarily easy. I mean, you know, no. the yeah. accounting and the books and the, and the scheduling and. A lot of people, you know, think that uh, they can do that or want to do that. But in practice, they just don't do that. And uh, we've noticed it's that awful. with the podcast. Yeah. No, it's that's not. Yeah, it's not the fun part of it, but it's part of it that's got to be done. And those who take that on are the survivors. Lisa Baker's uh, got a couple of uh, albums she'd like you to check out. One, I think, is called To Completion. The other is Super Newfie. She's uh, featured on Sirius XM. Uh, we were actually a, a show on Sirius XM for five years, Lisa, and we had a conversation very much like you had, which is, you guys don't want people that are popular? All right, well, we'll just fuck off then. Yeah. How about right. that? <laughs> let, me, let me get this straight. We're the only two guys anyone on your network knows in Canada, but you don't want us? Fine. Uh, Lisa Baker, uh, check her out on TikTok. I hope this won't be the last time that we talked to you because... Uh, I hope, yeah, I hope you guys have me back. Well, we'd love to, and it was great meeting you, and uh, you're right about the talent in Alberta. Uh, in Edmonton in particular, there's a uh, young comedian you may have worked with named Simon Glassman. You yes, I'm aware of Simon. And yeah. Simon is my nephew. Oh, Simon and I ran uh, a room together for a while. Yeah, it's funny how, you know, like, his uncle's funny, but his father's, eh. <laughs> 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 I say I say that because my brother uh, Edmonton Steve, he's listening. Uh, Lisa, all the best to you, my friend. 
Thank you very much. Here's a little bit of uh, Gordy Sampson for you as we say goodbye. Lisa, thanks very much. All the best. Just let yourself out. We'll talk to you again, I promise, okay? Take care. All right, there's Lisa Baker. See, there you go. There's a nice nice little palate cleanser between all the terrible stuff, all the nonsense. And uh, we mentioned she's our Gig Sky guest of the day, but also this program is supported uh, by some very fine people, Friedrich. Well, whether you're a sports fan or a horse racing fan, a poker, casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment, from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room, to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Yes, they have. Yesterday, I gave you the wide-open odds there on uh, the Raptors in 76. 76ers heavily favored. Well, the Raptors won last night. Come they on. Forced a game, they forced a game six in Tarata nice. Thursday. Yes. And could the uh, 76ers be actually uh, cracking? We will see. Uh, tonight, your Maple Leafs, they host the Detroit Red Wings. All right. The Red Wings pay $330 to win. Again, Maple Leafs heavily favored favored uh, favored in that game, but you gotta wonder, you know, uh, cruising towards the playoffs. Are they gonna sit some players? Uh, what the situation will be? Uh, Bodog is where to go for all your uh, single event uh, wagering. Very nice, <clears throat> very very nice. Uh, that's some good reaction to Lisa Baker. Really smart. Really, yeah, I just admire that so much because so many people, you know, you you made the analogy. Or brought it into the world of podcasting <laughs> you know we've got so much experience you know hearing from people hey i want to do a show or using their studio and yeah, we I don't want to go over it again but until they find out you know what's involved in it and mm-hmm. what's involved in with in in it mm-hmm. often is kind of a lot of a lot of shit you know not shitty but it's like a lot of just sort of worky stuff you know not everyone yeah. wants to do that yeah i mean you turn it into a business that means you know that's taxes and year ends and maybe incorporating and all the, you know, sales and people yeah, having sales to and all the boring, you know, um, um, you know, <laughs> tedious stuff. But is part of the equation if you want to turn it into a business or, or another way to, you know, mm-hmm. not, it's not that it's it's just the necessary stuff. You know, whether it was building a studio, but it, I mean, in the, you know, even now, and I like it, but, you know, there's the, you know, the client stuff, the meetings with our f- clients and prospecting new clients and trying to get new people on the show. Um, I don't think people understand, or certainly broadcasters didn't. And maybe they're different now because the younger broadcasters understand the social media aspect of a podcast. I mean, you know, someone like, our friend Sandra Plagakis is very good on social media. She has a podcast as well as a radio show. But mm-hmm. a lot of the older broadcasters thought that, you know, you were just going to start, you know, turn your mic on and advertisers were just going to pour money in. And they just mm-hmm. don't. It's a lot. Even the really, you know, the super popular ones, you know, the Jesse and Jeans and the Roger Ashby's, all those people, you know, it's not easy getting people to give you money just because they knew you on the radio. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And I would imagine, you know, there's a lot of comics like that, too, that think, yeah, I'm going to do what Lisa did. But then all of a sudden it's what? I got to do this. I got to do that. Uh, maybe I'll just go back to Yuck Yucks. Absolutely. And, and mm-hmm. again, I, I was serious about, it. you know, Breslin, 
you know, wants to obviously you to get popular and work his clubs, but he also, I'm sure, would ex- respect and admire if you can, you know, go on and create your own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as being a woman in stand up, I mean, she's a you know, very assertive and, and very tough. You can just tell she's, you know, she comes from a world of welfare and working and she's got kids and there's a whole different perspective that she would have, you know, in terms sure. of, uh, and that's why I tag that with obvious reasons, because let's be frank, you know, women. And she described it. If a guy is, you know, assertive and stands up for himself, he's got balls. If a woman doesn't, she's a, what she said, so right out of the gate, women are at a disadvantage in those situations. Mm-hmm. And uh, pretend they aren't is uh, ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Um, okay, let's. Uh, I'm just trying to find Kyle's stuff here, podcast content. Kyle's standing by. Dan Duran will be here in a moment or two. Um, Kyle Kirby has been uh, with us now for a couple of weeks. He's been sending us... Um, some great content. Appreciate that. Hey, Kyle, how's it going, man? Hey, not too bad, Howard. How about you? Fantastic. And you, thanks for sending us all that content. Keep it coming. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Even absolutely. if it's stuff, you know, Kyle, even if it's stuff that we were going to see anyway, it's great to have it as a reminder. Yes. Um, so yeah, of you, course. You can do that. How's your week been, young man? You, you happy? Uh, the thing, people being nice to you? Yeah, it's uh, it's going pretty well. Pretty good week so far. Uh, had fun making all that content, and uh, yeah, it's been uh, pretty good. Well, I'll tell you what, Kyle. Do you want to hang around? Uh, we'll do this uh, after Dan's news. What do you think, Fred? I think that's a good strategy. Unless Kyle is a busy boy and he's got to be off somewhere. No, I'm uh, here with you guys as long as you need me. Okay, okay perfect. Man. That's a great attitude, and maybe you can yes, watch a master master. Dan Duran, you see, like, watch a master at work. Who knows, Fred? Maybe one day, if Dan weren't able to do the news, Kyle with his giant pipes can step in. Right on. Yeah. And uh, just to give a weather update, there's some snow on the ground here in uh, Brampton. Mm. (laughs) I'm looking out at the top of my barbecue, and there's snow on it. Yeah. So that's all that is all yeah my older brother is uh, arriving this afternoon from calgary uh calgary dave and uh he said to me because we're supposed to play golf tomorrow it's going to be four degrees oh. and and it's going to be 10 on thursday which is fine but he said to me uh i said what time is your plane he goes three o'clock i said oh, okay i'll come and get you he goes can we go to a range <laughs> i'm like <"What?" laughs> I'm like, I go, sure. And then I saw the forecast this morning. I know we're talking about the weather, but I'm like, I got, I got to find a place for Calgary Dave that has covered bays. And there's one up by uh, like 401 and uh, whatever highway, like uh, side road nine or whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm going to have rink heaters. Yeah, they do actually. Oh, yeah. okay. No, I, I know you, you were trying to be funny, but it's true. They do. They have the overhead. Uh, rink like a curling heaters, whatever. So I'm going to take him well, to a driving range today. Do you have to pay extra for that? No, mm. you just have to pay in the fact that it's not spring. Oh, look at their little dusting of snow happening now. Mm-hmm. Maybe oh, yeah, that's wonderful. That's great. Very nice, uh, Kyle. What you'll find out as you get older, the weather becomes really important. 
<laughs> yeah. And the reason that is, Kyle, how old are you, Kyle? 25. Okay. So if you live till, you know, 85, you basically have 60 years of weather, you know, uh, to, ahead of you. We don't have 60 years, Kyle. We don't even have 60 years between the three of us. Like, we look at this, you know, this, this April has been garbage. Like, we only have so many Aprils left. Yeah. We don't have uh, unlimited Aprils like you. Yeah. Maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe a handful or two. That's it. You know? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You yeah, can't well, tell. Yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does to us. It does, yes. We're <laughs> count your Aprils. That's right. <laughs> Kyle's like, here's what Kyle's like. He's going, yeah, it makes a lot of sense for me. To, it does. And then he's like, how many hours more do I have to spend on this shit wagon? <laughs> how many more hours of this nonsense do I have to put up with? How many hours do you have to get? Like 40 or something? 160. Or, he's oh, thinking what? He said, why couldn't I have interned with Mocha and Coca That's or whatever right. their names? Yeah. Uh, Roz and Mocha aren't talking oh, about the weather. Okay. <laughs> They're talking about the hippity and the beats. That's right. All right, Dan, here now, we go. Here's to a fella mm. named Dan Duran, a yep. hell of a guy with a hell of a big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchorman comes, as for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. Yes, indeed. And now with the news for uh, one of the last times from his winter lake home before he transitions to his summer lake home with Humble and Fred News. Here's Dan Duran. Well, the oldest person in the world has died. Kane Kanaka. She was the oldest person at 119 (laughs) years old. She's from Japan. She passed away with the Guinness World Record in uh, in hand. And now the uh, the new oldest person in the world is 118. Uh, and she's a French nun. She's hanging in there for the next little while. How old was Kai Tanaka? 119. 119, eh? I saw that on the news last night. I saw a picture of her. She looked like, like a grape that had turned into a raisin. <laughs> she like, yeah. She like, looks like one of those... This- <laughs> yeah one of those apple dolls yeah that can't be a lot of fun you're like 120 like i don't know it's a lot of aggravation he's like if she, she you know she at least she doesn't have to go through this terrible yeah. spring we're having <laughs> i feel bad for a portfolio manager there's no fucking way he no. predicted that no exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> her money ran out 40 fucking years ago yeah yikes meanwhile, meanwhile kyle's going you guys are like 120 <laughs> All right. The uh, oldest person ever yeah. that uh, Guinness recorded was 122 years old. So there you go. Well, it wasn't that long ago, Dan, that people weren't living to this age. You know, 100-ish years ago, certainly 150 years ago, the three of us, not you, Kyle, the three of us would be the oldest people in the world. Mm-hmm. Like 64, 65, that would have been, you would have been on the news. You know, um, I heard maybe it was Bill Maher the other day or something, uh, you know, that whole concept. You talked about it through your divorce and whatever that, you know, it's a long time to be married now. Back when marriage first was introduced and 
there was different sort of views upon marriage, uh, you know, through the Bible and all that stuff. People didn't, you know what I mean? The average marriage may have been maybe 20, 22 years because that's all people lived. And that's another part of the equation. Well, Mm -hmm. now people get married and it's 40 and 60 years. And just, you know, the human brain. It's too much. That's tough to process. That's a long time to be around somebody. No, exactly. (laughs) You know, I did this joke. I said something about, you know, you get to 20 years. That's the age where you start to look. You start to wake up every day hoping one of you is dead. (laughs) (laughs) My my other line is, you know, that uh, it's true. Like you wake up in the morning, you like go over and you're like, my God, it's just sleeping. Uh, The other one is uh, I say, you know, that thing they say till death do us part. We get to 25 years or so. You're you're like, come on, death, do your part. (laughs) But uh, that's the thing is you people got married in their teens. Like 150 years ago, you, you would marry somebody. She would be 14. You'd be 16 you'd have yeah. babies and mm-hmm. and you'd all be you'd be all you know married and live together and you'd be done at 45 or 50 like yes. you were old by by 35 right. you were you know middle-aged yeah but you know you're going on you're going to be 66 this july you've yeah. been married for 45 years well it'll be 40 no it'll be 42 in june <clears throat> but you've been together for 45 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and I'm one of the lucky ones. You know, I had a buddy that got divorced, and I said, when did you know that it was over? And he said, when I couldn't stand the sound of her chewing her food. I said, what? And he goes, yeah, as crazy as that sounds, we would be sitting there and listening to her chew just drove me crazy. <laughs> he said, I knew it was over. Yeah. <laughs> I could just... That's right. I, I knew it was over when I couldn't stand. The, I knew it was over when I couldn't stand the sound of my me chewing. Oh my god! <laughs> Two people <laughs> totally quiet in a room. Yeah, looking at each other. Oh yeah. And yeah. He, he said, "You know, I never ever ever noticed that, but it was still it, it, we had grown so far apart, and she bugged me so much that yeah. that became an issue." I said, "Yeah, I could see that. Oh, Time to get out." What. <laughs> I will listen. I'm not a portfolio manager, but I will say this: it's the worst investment you can make, huh, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> you got, it's like yeah. man, you know, I thought I was doing all right, and then I didn't. Then I invested in this portfolio thing. It's called divorce. Not good. It did not go. Yeah. It's uh, quite the suck. Hey, don't forget about Methuselah, though. Yes, in the Bible. Yes. What, like did, a, what did? How long did he? Say, how old was Methuselah, Dan? 969 years. Okay. Oh, sure he was. Yeah, of yeah. course. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> he had a lot of years in him. Yeah. A lot of Aprils. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of Aprils What there. are the chances? How do you believe that? How do you say that out loud and go, eh, well, I guess the Bible makes mm-hmm. sense. 900 mm-hmm. years old. Well, don't forget, that's part of the Torah, too, right? Because that's, uh, that's well, in Genesis. Bullshit. Oh, it's It doesn't make it any less dumb. Okay, well, look, the more religions hey. that hop on the Methuselah bandwagon. Hey, Moses, you've been up in the mountains. Did you get some tablets? That's, you know, okay. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Yeah. Don't forget Moses. He was 120. Oh, sure he was. Of course yeah, he was. Yeah, Don't forget Jesus lived in a cave for three days. He came out. Hey, what's yeah. up, people? No, he was dead in the cave and then came out. Yeah. Alive. He was Dan, do you, indeed. Do you have any more uh, news before we uh, get to this week's? Uh, yes, as, as talked about earlier, I was uh, wanted to touch on Rolling Thunder. Did you guys uh, address all the Rolling Thunder already? Should I just no, none of this? none of it? Okay, so the Freedom Convoy for Motorcycles is coming to Ottawa this weekend. Ottawanians is that is Ottawaites or Ottawans? Ottawans. Okay. 
All right. Well, there's a little tender about, uh, you know, turning our capital city into a winter camp with horns. They're mm-hmm. being proactive, and uh, the police are cordoning off a 25-block rectangle in front of Parliament. Rolling Thunder is the name of it. Veterans for Freedom is supporting it. And Live from the Shed is also supporting it. They're all convoy-connected goofballs that have put this together. Anyway, they're expecting about 500 bikes. Well, they're expecting way more. I think the police are are saying around 500 bikes and other vehicles. And uh, there's been liaisoning back and forth. Mm-hmm. So no vehicles in that uh, that core. In front That's of all? 500? They get more than that in Port Dover every, <laughs> Way every more. Friday the 13th. But back to our it. question. What are they freedoming? What are they yeah, riding? Yeah. What, what, what's what the point of it all? Yeah. I don't know. But they're all... Uh, but, uh, they're, mm-hmm. but without the vehicles, it's kind of taken all the fun <clears throat> out of the whole thing. And so they're a little depressed. And this was released on their uh, on the Rolling Thunder website. This is Neil, who's in charge of the Rolling Thunder thing. Mm-hmm. Howdy, folks. It's uh, been a very interesting day. It has been a very interesting day. Mm-hmm. And I would suggest nobody ever say a thing on the hill, all right? Message with it. Anyway, long story short. <sighs> Rolling Thunder... Ottawa is still a go. More information will be coming out tomorrow, but we have been working with the city, and Rolling Thunder Ottawa is still a go. All right? Great. All right. That's enough. <laughs> what, <laughs> it goes but, on. But what is – can you explain – I don't mean to be uh, – st- I am stupid. What, what are they Rolling Thunder for? Why are we rolling thunder? It's uh, it's all about the freedom thing still. But what they, freedom? They, I'm saying, what's the point of it? Well, I don't know. I've, I've gone to the website, and uh, it doesn't really uh, encapsulate what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. It doesn't say, hey, rolling thunder. Uh, it just, you know, <laughs> gonna, bikers I'm, are coming this weekend. I'm going to start my own. Rolling papers. Rolling papers is coming to <laughs> gonna roll going to roll papers this weekend. Well, you just figure a lot of biker chicks May first. There's going to be a lot of outdoor fucking on the hill. I'll tell yeah. you that right now. I a hope lot so. Of it. All those biker chicks. That's what they do, man. Mm-hmm. All right, all yeah. They'll be free to do that. Yeah. You know, it's just an excuse to go on a little bicycle tour or a motorcycle tour with your buds. You know, it's like they like to do yeah. that. They like to travel in packs, and this mm-hmm. is a good excuse. Hey, that freedom thing people have been talking about, I don't really understand it, but let's uh, let's do a freedom uh, bike ride. We can all get together. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. but, okay, maybe it's for fun, but, like, uh, what, what, and we've been saying this now this entire show for weeks now, what freedoms are they trying to get back? Like, what know. freedoms did they lose? I just think, forget the biker jigs. Mm-hmm. I think they just want to get out of the house. They're like, okay, we need to do something. See, Howard, this is all prospecting, really. It's like we haven't lost the freedom yet. They just continuously warn us that I guess we're going to, you know, the pandemic showed us that we lost some freedoms through that, whatever that was. But, you know, it's coming. This is step one of no, yeah. of the man taking away all our freedoms. See, this is coming. So this is proactive because we're about to lose all our freedoms. Well, they did lose their freedom to drive their bikes around, you know, the Parliament Hill. 
on yeah. the weekend. Well, that's you know, bad. I saw this great thing. I think it was yesterday. This guy was bitching and complaining. He lives in uh, Nova Scotia. His dad lives in Alberta, and he was bitching and complaining that, you know, he's unvaxxed. He's not getting one. He can't get on a plane and fly to see his dad, so now he's got to drive like 4,000 kilometers. Mm. And how pissed off he is that he's got to drive and he can't fly to see his dad. And then somebody replied by, oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, when you're driving, don't forget, wear your seatbelt, right? And stay within the speed, <laughs> yeah, the limit. speed limit. And remember, you can't drink and drive. Mm-hmm. And he'd be cool with all that stuff, I'm sure. Oh, no. But yeah, it's, it's well... <laughs> Yeah, I know. Uh, okay. You gotta have car insurance. Oh yeah, you exactly. You have to have your proper <laughs> tire inflation. I bet she doesn't even inflate his tires properly. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just so simple. It's, it's uh, again the the quickest way to reach these simpletons is just throw at something like freedoms. For some for some reason, they understand that it's a well. It's an easy, that's why I said to you earlier. It's yeah. easy to understand. You tell somebody it's a great headline. It's a great uh, trigger. <laughs> Uh, get my freedoms back. If Trump gets back in, we're going to get all our freedoms back. Uh, and inflation will magically go away. That's the other thing. They're talking about a big inflation. There's inflation all over the planet. Pandemic. World War Three. It has nothing to do with let's go, Brandon. Uh, Dan Duran, well done. Now, uh, have a listen to today's uh, This is Kyle Kirby, our uh, Tuesday intern. Here's his uh, latest uh, piece of content. Kyle Kirby. Kyle. Kyle Kirby. Kyle. Kyle Kirby. Who needs a coffee? Cause I'm doing a run. I'm riding down the waters now for everyone. The coffee is free, just like me. I'm an unpaid intern. Ugh, that's me. You work all day, go back to your dorm. And since you can't afford a mortgage, you just tore in a porn. Cause Wait, you're what? an intern. Unpaid. Wait, I'm not getting paid for this? I love that. Mm-hmm. That's uh, very well done. That that part at the end where he kind of goes, blah, 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 blah. like that part, Kyle. Okay, just make that part longer because that's so humble and Fred Brand. That's just nonsense noises. Anyway, it was great. What did you think, Freddie? Oh, just uh, that's an A plus. Yeah. yeah. I find nothing. Howard's right. Maybe just pull that out a little longer. Because uh, it made uh, me laugh as soon as I heard it this morning. Oh, I was yeah. like, that's so humble and Fred. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. need more of that noise. So just extend mm-hmm. it. If you could, uh, Dan, what are your thoughts as the uh, head producer of this? Um, not the program. Don't worry, Boone. The head um, production content. <laughs> Everybody's got a title. Everyone's got here. a title. Nobody pays it. No one's making money, but everyone's got a title. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I know. I, I thought it was very good. Uh, you know, sound uh, sounds all well mixed and all the rest of that. Yes. I suppose it could have been tightened up a little bit at the beginning, but you know, put a little another one of a uh, Kyle, a couple more Kyles in there. That'd be my suggestions for improvement. I like it more Kyle's yeah. uh, Kyle uh, did this thing for us last week guys and all of us said the same thing which was the part in the middle needed to be remixed and now Dan and Fred and everyone here's uh, the remix last Tuesday on Humble and Fred fresh out of the womb and ready for radio Kyle showed up late to his internship interview typical millennial let's see where he is this week Uh, 
This has been another amazing episode of Why Do We Even Need an Intern with Humble and Fred. Again, 10 out of 10, everybody. Look at that. Good job, my friend. Very nice. Huge improvement. Absolutely. Yeah, well done. Um, Kyle, anything uh, you have, any questions you want to, anything you want to say to the folks now that you're here, uh, part of the program, this is your third week, uh, very exciting. Um, Yeah, get used to me. All right. Oh, I love that confidence. Get used to me. All right. Um, Do you want to hear from an anti-vaxxer? No. uh, I'll save this for tomorrow. It's right up your alley. It's right up our alley. It's a a guy I found on TikTok yesterday. He's got a great take on, uh, and I'll just say this. It's the, the headline is this. It's funny. You and I, Dan, Kyle, we know thousands of people that have gotten the vaccine, hundreds of thousands, you know, people listening, most of our friends and family. And yet I know nobody that's died from the vaccine. I know lots of people that got uh, COVID, but I don't know anyone. But it seems that anti-vaxxers, and this is something I'll play for you tomorrow, but you'll love this. It's that whole thing. It seems like anti-vaxxers all know four or five people that have died. Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? It's so weird. It's like so many. It's like we know nobody, but these anti-vaxxers all know a guy. There's I know at least five guys that got the jab and then they're dead. But, you know, we don't see those statistics on the mainstream media. No, because they, they're taking our freedoms away. The That's mainstream media right. They're taking our freedoms away. We have no yeah. freedom to watch the mainstream media anymore. No, no. Yeah. You know, there was a story yesterday, um, you know, mainstream media, whether you can believe it, who knows, eh? Um, that unvaxxed people can spread the virus a lot easier than vaxxed people. Mm-hmm. And the clarity there, because, you know, as this thing has evolved, we realize even if you're fully vaxxed, you can get the virus, but not as bad, right? You're not going to get as sick, but you can still spread it and get it. But unvaxxed people can spread it much easier than vaxxed people. Yes. So it's another reason to have a sign on your front door that says, you know, unvaxxed, uninvited, stay at, stay the fuck out of my house, you know? Which it, it which is it's going to come to for some people as, yeah. as 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 we socialize more this summer. There's going to be a lot of tension between vaxxers and unvaxxers. Well, there's certain there's you know I can certainly tell at your cookouts there's going to be. Well, there. Well, yes, but but how do we all do our part? Get our vaccinations, you know, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> like forgive or overlook people we might know or be related to that want to come into your house unvaxxed and come in making statements. Mm-hmm, I know it's going to happen. Well, here's the thing: level. if the weather continues like this, we won't be having cookouts and barbecues. Look at that! Look <laughs> at the upside. Right. Uh, before we uh, say goodbye, let's listen to this important message again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Thanks to Lisa Baker. What a uh, great first appearance on the Humble and Fred show. Thanks to Kyle Kirby. Uh, uh, Freddie, what else? Uh, who else are we thanking? 
Uh, we're thanking the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Howard. Of course, yes. Canada's number one group benefits plan for business. Oh, Get sorry. a free quote today. It's there. If you want to become part of the Chamber Plan and provide your company with a great benefits package that is affordable, and they've done a great job on holding the line on uh, uh, premiums, chamberplan.ca is where to go. Canada's number one group benefits plan for companies, say, one to 100 employees. Check it out today. Get a free quote. And uh, tomorrow, we're going to talk to that dad that raised not one, but two Major League Baseball players. Enjoy the rest of your uh, fall day, everyone. Dan? This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, and Health Gauge. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember to listen tomorrow for more. Get used to us. Spread it and get it. Like and subscribe. There's a destination a little up the road from the habitations in the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans and just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Where's that?